kindness. We see it all around us. We see it when someone pays for someone else's coffee or holds the door open for another person. We see it in the smallest of gestures, like a smile or a kind word. But it's different when we turn on the news or social media. Oftentimes, what we hear about, what outlets are pushing, is the opposite of kind. Welcome to the Kindness Matters Podcast. Our goal is to give you a place to relax, to revel in stories of people who have received or given kindness, a place to inspire and motivate each and every one of us to practice kindness every day. Hello and welcome to the Kindness Matters Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rathbun. And today I have such an amazing guest. Um, he's been called America's Breakthrough Speaker. He ha- This man has delivered over 1,800 presentations all over the world over the last 33 years. He's the author of 16 books, including his bestseller, Beyond Success, and his brand new book, Lessons from the Legends. He was rated number one from over 40 speakers at four consecutive Inc. Magazine International Conferences. With degrees from Stanford University and UCLA, he has appeared on Good Morning America and CNN. He was recently honored as one of the top 10 interactive keynote speakers in North America and one of the top 60 motivational speakers in the world. Please welcome to the show, Brian Brio. Oh, it's actually, it's actually Biro. It's a tongue twister. Biro. That's right. I completely, what's that called? Dyslexied your name. I know, but I am so sorry, crazy. Brian. Because there's a Brio Toys, so I like that. I like being connected with toys, but yeah. <laughs> Don't believe me. It's not Biro. Oh, for I, I had it. I was, I was, I had it nailed. It was cold. Ah. <sighs> Preparation, 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 right? <laughs> well, believe me, no worries. At least you didn't do bird brain. That's how I could come out sometimes. So, <laughs> well, yeah. Then I just have to. I I just like crawl underneath the desk and we do this thing. <laughs> oh boy, how are you today, Brian? Aside from that, I'll just stick with Brian because I can name. I can say that. There you go. I'm doing so well. I I love. Uh, you know, I often say, remember to enjoy every precious moment. And uh, uh, I'm just back from doing 10 events, um, speaking at 10 events in just a really short period of time, about about 30 days. So I love what I do. So I'm, I'm flying and getting excited about Thanksgiving, where my whole family will be coming together. Oh, fantastic. That's great. Yeah, we've got a new grandson that'll be oh. around for Thanksgiving this year, too. That'll be, that'll yes, be interesting. The best. The best. He just turned one uh, earlier this month, so awesome. actually, my dog loves it though because he'll throw all the stuff on the floor. So the dog, dog's like, "Yay, Kason's coming over!" Yeah. Uh, now, Brian, you you're known as America's breakthrough speaker, and you've written, as we mentioned, sixteen books. You travel around the world speaking and teaching about team building, leadership, coaching. Life balance, thriving on change. My, one of my favorites. You speak about kindness and possibility thinking. What in your background prepared you to do this this kind of important work? You know, Mike, I, I've I've had a great life. I've had three three really wonderful careers. Each one teaching me a, a great lesson. Um, my first career, when I graduated from Stanford, uh, the way I went through Stanford was I coached and taught swimming in the summers to put myself through that and megalones, which I really didn't love. Um, 
And I loved it. I loved working with these kids to try to rise to their potential. And truly, if you coach swimming, you're not really coaching swimming, you're coaching people. And so um, my first career was as a swimming coach and, and trying to help kids uh, really find that self-confidence to deal with with uh, winning, with losing, with in-between. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And so that gave me a great background. And when, you, when you're coaching swimming, you're kind of doing motivational speaking because they can't hear you. Their heads are in the water. Um, so you have to really develop your lungs. Um, and <laughs> I'd probably still be a coach today, a swimming coach today, were it not for the fact that I had no life. My team became gigantic, the largest private team in America. And it was all consuming seven days a week. And I really didn't know myself outside of what I did. I didn't know who I was. And um, so I'm probably the only guy, Mike, you've ever met who went to graduate school to get a life instead of a job, which I did. Um, and I, that's when I met my wife. That's when I really started to take better care of my health. Um, and um, I went into my corporate career. So my second career was a corporate career. And, and I ended up becoming a vice president of a pretty large transportation company. Um, but I realized I didn't care that much about transportation. I love people. It was that same concept. And the principles that I had learned as a coach, um, as a swimming coach, had great application in the corporate world. How to really become a team, how to generate synergy, how to, sure. how to really work with people to help rise to their potential and work well together. And so uh, I really learned a lot about how much I loved kind of teaching and coaching because I began to do um, pr programs, seminars, speaking in my own company because we were kind of, we were very separated. A lot of organizations, we got sure. sales that hates operations, operations hate sales. They just hate the home office a little bit more. And uh, that just didn't work with all of my background. And so that's when I actually started as a, as a speaker because I started doing these programs, these, these keynote presentations in my own company. And we had a massive turnaround. Um, and it was, most people would say at that time, well, it's the market. That's why we're not doing well. I said, no, it's not the market. It's us. We don't work well together. And we can. And we did. And we had this incredible turnaround. And at the peak of this thing where everything was going fantastic, I said to my wife, we're doing great. Let's quit. I want to go do this speaking all the time. And so that led me to my third career, which was uh, what I've been doing now for 33 years as a professional speaker and an author, um, to really combine what I learned from those first two, that I love people and that the principles I teach at, as a coach work just as much in the corporate world and work for the individual. So um, it's been a, a wonderful ride. I've loved every single one of the almost 1900 events I've done um, because they're really about helping people make new choices. Yeah, what's the what's the old saying? If, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. That is for sure, and and it's truly amazing how when you love what you do, how much energy you have to do it. I I joke yeah. about it, but it's the gospel truth. When I'm on stage, I'm 25. Yeah, I'm on stage, I, I'm back to 69. But on stage, I am 25 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Now, I've watched a lot of your, uh, or not a lot, I've watched several of your um, presentations. Is that, is that yeah, a good? Yeah, that's great. Sure. I was going to say shows, because they're so entertaining, they could be a show. But I, If you don't edutain, if you don't enter, enter teach, it's not going to grab people. You need to make it fun and you need to make it engaging. So, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Um one of the common threads in, in every one of those presentations, you, you state that we are all leaders. 
And most of us have been raised to think that, you know, there's a couple leaders and, and everybody else is a follower. Tell us about your perspective. I mean, what is breakthrough leadership? Yeah, I love that. Thank you for that. Great, great question. First of all, the reason why everyone is a leader, here's a simple question. What is leadership? If you really get down to it, down to its core, leadership is nothing more than making decisions and then acting upon those decisions or not acting upon those decisions, which is a way of acting on that decision. So we're all the CEO of our own life. In other words, how do you show up every day? That's a big part of your leadership. You're teaching the people around you a way to deal with life. How do you deal with adversity, with challenge, with change, with prosperity? Another application of your leadership, probably the most important one of all, why we're all leaders, what kind of impact do you have on people? Do you lift them up? Do you energize them? Do you inspire them? Do you neutralize them? So we're all foundationally self-leaders. We're the CEOs of our own life. And that's a very important distinction to make in your own mind because of the fact that we've been conditioned to think, oh, there's the leaders and then there's the rest of us. And breakthrough leadership, which has been my passion and focus for uh, all through those three careers, but really, really kind of uh, crystallized as a professional speaker. Breakthrough leadership is about controlling some three controllables. Uh, you ever notice, Mike, when we're controlling our controllables, we're focusing on the things we do control, how much more momentum we feel in our life, how much more, yeah. more confident we feel. We feel like we can. It's when we try to control other people or try to control other people's approval of us that we get lost, disillusioned, and, and we give up. So there are three foundational controllables that comprise what I call breakthrough leadership. The first is to shape your future. Um, that is a choice about how we use our vision. And in all my presentations, I help people understand that what you focus on is what you create. And I do it in some fun ways, get people to do things, um, and also to not use your memory to see. Um, I often ask people in every event that I do, I ask them this question. I won't put you on the spot, so don't answer out loud because you already, you might already know. I ask them, what color is a yield sign? And I've asked that to probably a half a million people. And 499,997 have said yellow. Well, they're red and white. And they've been red yeah. and white for 52 years. And, and the question is, why don't we see them when they're right in front of us? And the, and the reason is, we very rarely use our vision to see. Instead, we use our memory and our conditioning. And whenever you use your memory to see, you do not see what is, you see what was. And yeah. when you lock onto what was, you block out what is and what could be. So the first key, uh, the first of those controllables to be a breakthrough leader, to develop as a breakthrough leader, is to shape your future. The second is to energize and engage your team. Uh, when it comes to human performance, when it comes to teamwork, when it comes to great health and joy and, and a fulfilling life, so much of it is energy. But so many people think of their energy in the same way they think about the weather. It's kind of like, boy, I hope the weather's good for that Thanksgiving drive. Hope the weather's good over Christmas vacation. But your energy is nothing like the weather. Your energy is absolutely, positively, magnificently a matter of your choice. And when you understand how to cultivate a new energy choice, watch out because your whole life will take on a whole new level. And you control your energy by two foundational keys. One, by the way that you move. Uh, anytime you've been at your, your energy is created by the way that you move. In other words, anytime you've oh. been at your best, you've given your best presentation, you've done your best show, 
Uh, you've been your most creative. You've been your kindest. You have moved your body in distinctly different ways than when you've not been your best. Specifically, your body line and posture. I saw you sit up here. Your facial expression. Yeah, I, I eye position. immediately sat up a little straighter. Go. And your breathing. And instantly you could feel a rise in your energy just by sitting up and smiling more. Um, I've said this to some people before, Mike. I said, you know, your energy is created by the way they move. And they say, well, Brian, if I had more energy, I'd move more. Ah, <laughs> move more and you'll have more energy. That's where the choice resides. I'll bet everybody listening to your show knows somebody in their life. Maybe it's a grandparent or a parent or it's an old coach or a teacher, a boss who amazes them because at a very advanced age, that individual has incredible energy. And yeah. though I obviously have no idea who they're specifically thinking about, I bet I know two things about that person. One, they're one of your, your heroes. They're somebody you admire greatly because of that energy. And number yep. two, they keep moving. We don't get older. We just stop moving. So if you want to move your life, you got to move yourself and bring more movement. The second key to energy, and that's second of those three controllables to be a breakthrough leader, is that your the level of your energy is in direct proportion to your level of purpose. Whenever you're full of purpose, you're full of energy. Um, when you get to do what you love to do, energy is no problem. But yeah. when you lose sight of your purpose, it's like somebody puts a pin in that energy. You know, one of the great books, Mike, of all time was a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And it was written by Viktor Frankl, who uh, endured and made it through living as a as a prisoner at Auschwitz, the concentration camp during World oh, War wow. II. But probably the most profound finding from his five years of absolute terror, living in a concentration camp where you're not even, where you're starved to death. He said that the people who survived were those that had a purpose left undone. It wasn't uh -huh. about their physical strength. It wasn't about their youth. It was they had something that, that, that drove them to keep going. So if you're not inspired, then you're on your way to getting expired. So, Oh, boy. <laughs> when, uh, at every event at which I speak, Mike, I bring with me a photo of my family. They are my purpose. I love them more than life itself. And though, though, though they're beautiful people, I don't bring the photo with me to show my audience, even though I do show it to them. I bring it with me to show me because... Everything I want to do, I want to do for them. And before I speak, I go to my purpose. I go to that photo of them. I spend conscious, present time with them. And something magical happens. It changes me. Doesn't matter anymore if my knees are sore. Doesn't matter if my back's been achy. All that matters when I'm full of purpose is that if I don't give the people in front of me, whoever they are, the best I have to give, I'm not giving my family my best because I do it for them. So... If you want to elevate your energy, become more purposeful. Here's a simple way to do it. Start every morning with one question. First thing, ask yourself, what am I truly grateful about in my life? What am I truly grateful about in my life? That, you know, the, Mike, the word has a secret in it, especially if you're not big on spelling. You know, what you're grateful about will focus you, will, will help you be grateful. It'll fill you with greatness. It'll focus you on your priorities. Your priorities are your pathway to purpose. So, the second of the three controllables in breakthrough leadership is to energize and engage your team, which means you must first energize and engage yourself. And to do that, you got to change the way you move, add movement to your life. If you want to move your life, you got to move yourself. And every day start with gratitude leading to purpose. The third of the controllables is to build people, build teams, and build relationships. That 
no matter what business you're in, no matter what your occupation, if you get right down to it, you're in the people business. It's yes. the relationships you build. It's how you grow and you help others grow that really determines how far you can go. So how do we help people know they're important? How do we build trust with people instantly? How do we help, how do we really help people to rise to their potential? And that is a choice of certain things that we can do that I'm sure we'll talk about more on this program. But when you do those three things, shape your future, energize, engage your team, build people, teams, and relationships, you're going to create breakthrough results. And breakthrough results are doing things you didn't know you could do when you started out. Breakthrough results are when you step back and go, wow, I can't believe I did that. Uh, and those are incredible. But the best part about breakthrough leadership to me, Mike, is that as you work on those three controllables, and that's what you focus on, you don't focus on the results. You, you, you focus on what you put in to get to the results. Right. And as you do it, as you master those three controllables, eventually breakthrough leadership moves from what you do on the outside to who you are on the inside. And that's a model of personal excellence, integrity, accountability, and humility. Yeah. And, and part of your, your to illustrate... Your, your breakthrough leadership style. You do something during your presentations that I, I had so much fun watching it, <laughs> where you have participants break a, was it one inch? Yep. Thick piece of wood? Yep. Yeah. That yeah. is so, and that that's basically, that's illustrating it, right? Your you know, approach? You're exactly right. And that's what I love about it. To me, it's the greatest, the breakthrough experience. People, everyone in my events breaks through one inch thick boards karate style. And it's the greatest combination of individual and team breakthrough experience. Um, what I love about it, first of all, is that at most events that you go and listen to a speaker, it could be a great speaker, but you just listen to him and then you walk out. And right. The speaker's yeah, he just wanders the stage and he yeah. imparts what he wants to impart. And yeah, no, and yours is very interactive. Yeah. But in, in break, the breakthrough experience, you actually take everything we've learned before we do the breakthrough. It's what we end with. And you have to apply it for real to break your board and you walk out with it. So it's very real. And it's, and the stars of the show at the end of my presentations are the participants because they just were breakthrough leaders. They did something they had no clue they could do when they walked in. So it is the greatest combination, individual and team breakthrough experience you'll have an event. The individual part is related to the meaning. I have every guide, everyone to write on their board and they search inside and say, what is the limit, fear, obstacle, habit, or doubt? that today is the day I am ready to break through once and forever. You know, what am I ready to break through? Uh, example, the first board I ever broke 34 years ago, I wrote on my board, I knew my obstacle. It was what was constantly holding me back in life. It was one word. It was the word procrastination. Um, yeah. And, 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 and so my, many people deal with that, right? That's right. Let me give you a tip. The best thing to do about procrastination Put it off. No, mine was specific procrastination. <laughs> it was procrastination about writing books. My whole oh. life I wanted to write a book, but I always found a way to put it off. Well, I'll, I'll write my books when the kids are older. I'll write it when I've got more money. I'll write it when I have some time. The only reason I didn't write my book, that was all excuses, was fear. Sure. In fact, there is one breakthrough. You break through from fear to love. That's it. And But I wrote the word procrastination on the front of my board, on the back of my board, I got to envision and write down what's waiting for me when I've finally broken through that procrastination. I wrote freedom, abundance, and truth to my word. That when I overcame the fear that was causing me to procrastinate and I actually wrote a book, 
I'd bring my family new abundance. We'd have more freedoms than we ever knew we had. And every day of my life, I'd be living my word, walking my talk instead of faking it. And so the individual part of the breakthrough experience is related to that meaning. I've had people bring their families back together. I've had people forgive someone they never thought they would forgive. And instantly they know not forgiving them was drinking a great big glass of poison and expecting them to die. I've yeah. had people tackle cancer and beat it because of what they wrote on their board. I've had wow. people lose 140 pounds. Um, so the individual part of the breakthrough experience is related to the meaning. But there's another part, and I love this part. If I had 500 people at one of my presentations, we would start the board breaking in 50 circles of 10 people each. All right? And so, Mike, if you were in your circle and you decided I'm ready to break my board, the other nine people around you will start going, Mike, 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 and they're clapping and they're cheering. And there's 50 of those going at a time. Some people have never been cheered for in their life. And for oh, them, wow. that unconditional, incredible support is the breakthrough. Uh, the team part is equally cool because yeah. there's something about the breakthrough experience that even more introverted, shy people, they just let go during board break and they're cheering their hearts out. They got tears in their eyes. They're, they're completely focused. And the last part of the team experience the best way I can describe it and is the best day of my life, Mike, was my daughter's wedding day. I have a picture right in front of me as I speak to you now of, of us dancing at that day. Uh, and it was the best day of my life for something I never could have understood until I experienced it. And that was for a good six hours for wedding night. I didn't think of myself once. All I could do was think of her. They tell yeah. me I was laughing and crying at the same time. I, I don't remember. Any, all I remember was her. And when those nine people are around you, Mike, going, Mike, 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 as you're going to break that board, they get to feel in those moments the way I felt about my daughter. They're not thinking about themselves. They're right. pouring their unconditional support into another human being. And we're at our best because we'll do more for others than we'll do for ourselves. And that's how you move from ego to we go. So, yeah, I, I never tire of the breakthrough experience. I've had almost a million people do it over the last 33 years, and I can't wait for the next one. I've even had a 95-year-old woman break her board. The last breaker on that day in Atlanta, Georgia, of 4,000 people. It was the biggest breakthrough I ever did. She, they're all 4,000 people. If you can imagine, it's like a rock concert with like yeah. 4,000 people all jammed up around this very high stage. And she came up on stage. Her granddaughter had to stand behind her and hold her waist so she wouldn't teeter too much. Oh. And I will tell you, when she broke her board, the roar from that 4,000 people in Atlanta was loud enough I could hear it here in Charlottesville, Virginia. So it was. Oh, wow. And of course, when she breaks through, so did those 4,000 people. They, they were so connected to her. Oh, sure. Them, they probably remember that even more than their own breakthrough. I would imagine. Wow. Um, Okay, I want to switch gears real quick because you, you have a brand new book out called The ROI of Kindness. And for anybody who doesn't know, I'm sure everybody does, but the return on investment is what ROI is. Tell us about the book and, and the motivations that ignited you to write it. Well, I think we're going to really connect on this part, Mike, because I know how much of a passion you have about kindness. And I wrote this book because I feel like in the last... Oh, we'll say seven years, I have seen less kindness than in all of my previous 50-some years. I've seen more incivility, 
people not recognizing that we can disagree without being disagreeable. I've had I've, people calling each other names rather than trying to seek to understand another viewpoint. Um, people wanting credit instead of realizing that credit is something you give, responsibility is something you take. So the, the real heart of the inspiration was, I feel like more than ever in my life, we need to open our eyes to how important it is to bring kindness into this world, into our country, into our families, into our businesses, into our lives. So that was the first part of the motivation. The second part was to help people understand that kindness just isn't a fun thing or a nice thing. It is those things. It yeah. works. It works. And that's what I wanted people to understand because in this le lessening of kindness that I see in our culture, particularly in our politics, what I've discovered is that many people have come to the conclusion, and it's so erroneous, that kindness is weak or kindness is soft. It has no place in business or in, or in, or in, uh, in politics. And right. what I wanted to prove in this book through the research that I did was that that is diametrically wrong, that actually companies and organizations that focus on kindness at an extraordinary level are the most successful companies in their industries by far, not even close. Um, and so uh, the book has lots of those examples. So that's the first part of the book was to really zero in that, yes, not only is kindness something we all want in our lives, it is actually a very important key to success. And then the second part of the book is to help everyone understand that you can choose to become what I call a CKO, which is a chief kindness officer. You may never become the CEO of your company, but by choice, you can become the chief kindness officer. And then to help people understand how to actually, since we all want to, we want kindness in our lives. We want to be kind. We want to receive kindness. How do you really do that in a real and complete way? So I, I talk in the book about the seven habits of a highly effective CKO, chief kindness officer. Is that a new book? Yeah. Well, it's the second half of this book, but it could be, it could be a book. <laughs> The Seven Habits of a Successful and Effective CKO. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so I, I know you have things to do, and I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I, I had one more question. You are a big believer in reaching out to others and letting them know just how you feel, right? How can a simple thank you make a difference? You know, um before we started uh, going on the air on the show, you and I were talking about our favorite movie. Um, yes. At this time of year, it's called uh, It's a Wonderful Life. The Jimmy Stewart movie um, about uh, his, his guardian angel who doesn't have wings yet, who comes down to earth and, and helps him recognize what a wonderful life he had, that he had no idea how his living his life the best way he knew how um, affected so many people. And one of the most powerful ways we affect people is through gratitude. Gratitude is the highest frequency emotion. And I, I, have, I love having fun in the way that I talk about these, these really vital principles. And I talk about being what I call a world-class buddy thinker, um, a world-class buddy thinker. And, and a, a great way to look at it is to ask this question, who are the people in our lives who we tend to forget to thank the most? I've asked that um, in hundreds and hundreds of, that, of seminars, and almost every single time, the answer is, oh my gosh, it's the people we love the most. Thank you. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to answer out of turn. 
It's our, it's our closest family yeah. members. It's our teammates that we depend on the most. Why, what do we do? We take them for granted. Sure. It's like, hey, I told you back in you know, 2015, I love you. What do you want, mush? So <laughs> let me ask you a question. Does that work? No. I believe with every ounce of my heart and soul that does not work. In fact, the most important words I've ever written I, that I really believe get to the heart of the power of gratitude say this. It says, the love we fail to share is the only pain we live with. The love we fail to share is the only pain that we live with. And if we don't, if we don't start recognizing how important it is to give that thanks, that recognition, that acknowledgement, the love you fail to share may become the only pain you leave with. And that's too late. Yep. So here's a really quick uh, streamlined way to become a world-class buddy thinker. Um, just remember, whether you love sports or can't stand it, you're going to love ESPN, the television network ESPN. Yep. The E says, this is a way to become a world-class buddy thinker. The E says, thank people with effort and energy. You know, sometimes we, you know, we, we thank people out of rote memories. Like, hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate yeah. it. It doesn't mean a thing. But right. when you bring a little more energy on a 10-point energy scale with one comatose and 10 a child on Christmas morning, get closer to 10. Look that person in the eye. Smile at them. Shake them with two hands instead of just one. Put a little heart into the way you thank them, and it has more connection. So the E says thank people with effort and energy, the E N E S P N. But it also means thank people for their effort and energy and not just their results. Yeah. We've been conditioned to only give praise and acknowledgement and thanks when the job's done, when the goal's been hit, when the number's been achieved. Now, please hear me loud and strong. Keep doing that. You always want to recognize great performance. Oh, sure. But if you want to be world class, you want to be a great, great buddy thanker, then be more alert for the opportunities to thank people for their effort, their energy, and their attitude before they get to the results. Why? Because we don't control the results. We control our effort, our energy, and our attitude. And the more you do that, guess what? The more results they'll create. So E, thank people with and for effort and energy. S, use the power of surprise. Surprise is what I call the super glue of impact. Um, an unexpected handwritten card. Any, any handwritten card these days is unexpected because we're just in an immediate Right, world. we don't. Yeah, we're uh, you know, in, a, in a digital world. So a handwritten card grabs people right away. Um, just little tiny surprises, unexpected. I did this with my daughters growing up. Every so often I would write them letters. I would type them. I'd mail them to them, even if I knew I was going to be home when they got it. And the reason I did it was to create a little surprise. And I didn't realize the impact of that until right when my youngest daughter was about to go off to college and there were all of her letters stacked up. Uh, and I realized she couldn't look at her desk without remembering how much I believed in her because those, those surprises stick with people. The P is the most important part of the ESPN is be fully present. Uh, when you're fully present, it's the ultimate way to be kind. When you're fully sure. present, you say to people beyond words, you are important. You matter. You count. And when you're not present, when you're, you know, your mind is in another county, you say to that person, I guess you're just not that important compared to this thing I'm yeah. thinking about. So uh, I, I call that the secret behind the secrets. And the N in ESPN is simply do it now. You may never pass this way again. So if there's somebody in your life you haven't thanked enough, you can do it now. And that's the only chance you may have. So never, never pass up the woo, the window of opportunity 
to be a world-class buddy thinker. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Brian, I, I cannot express the joy I feel having spent 30 minutes with you today. I, I, your, your willingness to come on to a little tiny podcast and impart this wisdom with us is just absolutely, I, I feel it. I feel it right here in my heart. And I, I thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you, Mike, and you're doing great work. Remember remember George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. He, he may have thought he was doing a little tiny podcast, and that one podcast may touch one life, it touches another life, and the next thing you know, we change the world a little bit, and we change, make it a little kinder. That's the plan, man. All right. Joy to you. Thank you, and take care. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I feel so incredibly inspired by that 30-minute conversation with Brian Byro. Uh, I got the name right this time. I hope he's listening. It's just incredible to me how one person speaking to you can fill you with energy and motivation and all these amazing positive things. And I, I really appreciate Brian coming on and doing this show with us. I hope you take away that same energy and and motivation to go out and make your life and, and somebody else's life maybe a little better. That will do it for this episode of the Kindness Matters podcast. We will be back again next week. Uh, but until then, be that person who roots for others, who tells a stranger that they look amazing and encourages others to believe in themselves and their dreams. As always, I appreciate the gift of your time today in listening to this episode. You have been listening to the Kindness Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rathbun. Have a fantastic week.